Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When oh I re-listen to it, though, like, um, so first that bass sound, that whoop, 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 whoop. Like, it's so like, cheesy, The man. best thing about it is they're literally like, you know what's boring is bass. You know what we should do is have a keyboard bass with a little whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey now, we got something. <laughs> that being said, the, that guitar part's great. Like, do you hear how pretty the little, like, the little tinkling guitar part is behind yeah. it? Like, that's that Michael Jackson thing. Like, this entire, all in the 80s, the keyboards are horrible and the bass is ruinous and the drum machine is terrible. But the songs that have guitar are good. Like the guitar. <laughs> Wait, can you repeat? Can you repeat what you just said? Everything Ruinous sucks except my the guitar. Just to clarify. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Fifty years of music with fifty-year-old white guys. Fellas, what is happening? How are you? my friend welcome it is uh 50 years of music with 50 year old white guys on the drive-in podcast network uh jeff simons you're facing uh biblical weather in california we got we have uh animals by two running by my window we have horsemen in fours wandering the neighborhood yeah we're having an extreme weather event here in the bay area very exciting that's a bummer uh ben are, are things more sane in knoxville Indeed. Beautiful blue skies right here in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> Excellent. Hey, uh, guess what? We have a guest on 50 Years of Music Woo! with 50 White Guys. Um, we need this, a lot of correction, Timmy. Do we have a guest who's going to help us out? We, we do. She has strong feelings. Uh, this is my daughter, <laughs> Martha. Uh, Martha would like to revisit our t- list of top lyricists of all time. She has. I'm not surprised. We kind of, uh, we definitely did not bring our best to the lyricist conversation. I, I'll admit to having done exactly one second of research. Ben oh, was geez. the hero, oh, but geez. I was just I, like. First of all, I, it's a tough guess where you're like, I, I did nothing and it sucked because of Ben. That's a lot of that. I'm just saying that I, I brought. Uh, just yeah. back the bus right over yeah. me, man. But I want to hear that beep, beep, beep as it comes towards me. Well, you know? got, before we get to that, before we get to uh, her, her uh, objections, uh, she has to tell you guys something that happened last week. Martha, the floor is yours. So um, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I will say it was my idea originally for y'all to bring like one of your kids on the podcast every once in a while. Back when you were doing your first season, I was like, I can come on talk about Taylor Swift. And then you bring Ben's daughter on. And she picks the song that I would have picked by Taylor Swift. I, no way. Are you no. serious? Paper rings? Of course. Yeah. 
So that's amazing. Yeah. That's because my understanding as an outsider in that world is that that's not a top 10 Taylor Swift song. Like I've looked at a lot of the rankings. Like that's amazing. You and my daughter, you and George are on the same page. Oh yeah. It's such a great song. I mean, there's oh. the thing about like having a top 10 Taylor Swift song is she has so many songs. Agreed. That it's like, totally. Um, but yeah, paper rings, definitely a great song. Um, uh, did, did we bring you on to complain? on the podcast is that your <laughs> thing it was my idea originally. okay okay let's go Come on. we're paying you by the minute anyway um last tuesday i went to my first concert ever Woo! um nice as an 18 year old he tried to take me to wilco when i was in like seventh grade but that didn't work out so i saw the backseat lovers have either of you ever heard of the backseat lovers i have now thanks to this piece of information i was checking them out on the old Spotify. Pretty cool, actually. How were they? Was it good? Yeah. So why, it was, why don't you play a clip of the song first and tell Jeff what you want to play. So, Jeff, can you play Kilby Girl starting at 2.01? Oh, I like it. We got a 2.01 call, Jeff. 2.01. Bang. Bobbers and the automatic girl. That's not it. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> By Wait, the that's someone. That's Paul. I hate that when you pick something on Spotify and then it doesn't actually play it. It just says like, yeah, that's it. What did you want to do with it? I'm like, I just wanted to look it up. Wait, was the last thing you were listening to was that weird Paul Simon song? Why? Hold on. I overheard that she was 19. By the backseat lovers. Yeah. And they're good live. Oh my gosh. It was so much. I mean, I did I wasn't prepared for how awesome concerts are. And I get there and they just start playing. And it was <laughs> just so much fun. It was so loud and we were dancing. And um, I I really like their music. So it was a lot of fun. But now we have a question, or I have a question for you three. What was your first concert? Now, Jeff, we've covered your first concert. What was it again? It was Boston. Oh, on the Don't right. Look Back tour yeah, his dad, with Sammy his, Hagar opening up. His dad was not a fan. Uh, I was you, eight. Ben, were you ACDC? Yeah, man, ACDC. And that's hey, when Martha, the guy- did somebody oh. puke on your dad's shoes? <laughs> because if not, you missed your first concert experience. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> next so, time, second next, concert. See if you can get uh, somebody to puke on him. Okay. Boston, ACDC, and for me, it was the Beach Boys, but not not the greatest iteration of the Beach Boys, I will no, admit. The Kokomo Beach Boys, right? Yeah, that That's is correct. The Beach Boys that you saw. That's rough. This um, is a cool first concert because this is a cool band in its mm -hmm. moment being yeah. cool when you go to see them. Well, my friend also, was saying they're not they're not coming back to Asheville ever. They scheduled this tour before quarantine, um, back when they were like this small little band, and they were like, oh, like Asheville. And now they're like, have blown up. And so I think it was kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity to see them here in our small, in a small place. Yeah, the yeah. 72 million listens to Kill Be Girl and counting. So yeah, wow, not bad. Was it at the Orange Spiel or where'd you see him? Uh, the Gray Eagle. Oh, the Gray nice. Eagle, even better. I've been to that yeah. venue too. That's great. Yeah. It was great. So ben, I played, which one's the smaller one? The, the Orange Peel or the, yeah. That's the one that. I played. Yeah. I played the Gray Eagle, but not the Orange Peel. Yeah. So Ben, you'll love this. One of the things she she mentioned afterwards was like, 
oh, and he had the best guitar solos. And I'm like, oh my gosh, an 18 year old, an 18 year old in this year vying for uh, more guitar solos in her life. I was very, you know, Martha, seen. there's seen. a new record called River Run with guitar solos on it. You might want to share with all your cool oh. friends. <laughs> uh, is that his record? Yeah, that's his record. Oh, just, I like, I like Kissing Me. Yeah. Hey, there we go. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. But we are, uh, well, why don't we give the people what they want and then we'll get to your beef in just a second. Okay. Um, Jeff Simons, it is 1986. Uh, I am 16 years old. Big year for music. Uh, let's go ahead and hit the Grammy winner, which, which you I accidentally uh, gave everybody a little preview well, of there for which, a second. Which you had already been listening to. You're <laughs> well, I was queued up. I was queued up trying to be professional, trying to have the show re- running at a, at a nice clip. Here we go. It's the Grammy winner. Graceland by Paul Simon. That's track one. That's the boy in the bubble, which Why always makes me think that? of. Why did you choose Graceland, which is actually way better? Well, I like it because it makes me think of that bubble boy Seinfeld. First episode. of all, that's not kind. That's not kind. You put Paul Simon. If How you doing over there? Not too good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's moops. 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 All right. So hold on to return to Paul Simon. First, at the time it came out. I was on top of how weird it was that it was cultural appropriation. I was like, really? Like that's, that's the record. Like the record is going to yep. be a bunch of South African people like South African songs with him making dumb lyrics on top of it. Um, that bugged me right away. That being said, there's like two or three good songs on this record. And um, what's the third one? <laughs> Cause I like Graceland. Graceland's a good song. And I actually don't mind that one because it's so bizarre and weird. Oh, I hate that. I do not like as soon as the, as soon as the, like the accordion starring. I'm like, well, it's time for me to go. So what's that's the, what's what so are the other is that the guitar work on this record is great. Whoever I, I don't know the name of the guy, but the guitar work is great. Uh, the diamonds and the soles of your shoes. That song's good. Okay, I'll I like give you that, that one maybe. But if you try to put "You Could Call Me Al" on the good song oh, list, oh no, no, no! I'm not letting brutal. you do that. Oh no, man, for sucks. sure. And the Chevy Chase in the video is like <laughs> oh. all the way around. Yeah, because it's not just cultural appropriation; it's cultural appropriation with Chevy Chase mugging oh, like no, he's a fletch sure. all the way through it. That's an yeah, F minus like, video. It was so disrespectful and bad. Like it was, it's a bad look all the way around pretty much i think i know it, it recreated his so, career and if there's a single record you're gonna point to this would be the one right that's just well, like what's if you're a what's, paul simon defender what's the good look what's the way you're like oh you know what i really enjoy south african music how can a white guy from new york city then infuse it into his it's not work? that he infused the infusion would be okay he went to south africa recorded all these dudes like he first of all, he went to South Africa to play Sun City after no, the song not. "I'm no. gonna play Sun City." I believe that is the case. Uh, Heard I wanna, all this I cool check local check township that. music, 
recorded it, brought it back, and put Paul Simon lyrics on top of it. Like it's not an homage. It's not a. It's Wait, they're not, not they're not in the hybrid together? cultural moment. They're I don't not in think the so. Together? I don't think it's hybrid at all. I think with Ben, he just like it's like wow, that sounds cool, and no one else has heard it yet. Yoink! Like I I I'm a, I am not. A he huge didn't bring fan those guys to New York. I feel like you brought them to New York. He probably did. Let's look at that. <laughs> so, but talk, Timmy, talk here's what I would say. Here's what I would say. Yeah. Here's what I would say. Yeah. Um, and and I, I don't think I'm going to choose a record by these guys, but I really, really, really like Vampire Weekend. And Vampire Weekend. Okay. And, and if you if you know what the things that I've said about Elvis Costello and other people, you'd be like, really? Why would you like Vampire Weekend? I don't know why. <sighs> I can't describe it. But somehow, like Vampire Weekend has got this like angular guitar sound that's very similar to the guitar <clears throat> sound on this record. Okay. But it's like more respectful, and it's not just a straight heist. Like this is just a carjacking, dude. Just to be clear. It's as if Buena Vista Social Club came out with Paul Simon lyrics. That's the thing. Like, he didn't huh. write these. Like, these songs are completely South African songs with him mumbling over them. May I please read oh, to you from the Wikipedia page? Okay, Jeff, please. do it. Simon's relationship with his former musical partner, Art Garfunkel, had deteriorated. His marriage to actress Carrie Fisher had collapsed. And his previous records, Hearts and Bones, was a commercial flop. In a period of depression. Wait, hold on. By the way, fair. That record's like, come on now. <laughs> in 1984, in a period of, <laughs> of depression, Simon became fascinated by a bootleg cassette of South African street music. He went to Johannesburg and spent two weeks recording South African musicians. He then took the recordings back to the United States and overdubbed his parts with Linda Ronstadt, the Everly Brothers, and Mexican-American band Los Lobos. Oh, oh my God, that's so bad. That is it's so as bad, bad as I thought. It's I thought I was right yeah, about yeah. that. And also, even worse, he's like, you know, it's kind of an ethnic look I've got going here, but I don't know anyone. How about Los Lobos? Like, they're, like, South Africans, <laughs> Los Lobos, let's jam them all together. Like, that's I know. unbelievably I imagine, bad. Yeah, I can't imagine Los Lobos showed up for that, and after 30 oh. seconds, they were like, oh, man. But also, <laughs> just to be clear, get that money. Like I have yeah. no beef with Los Lobos at all. Like if he no. cut the check, they like I like so, they should be there. You're talking about memorable concert moments. I don't know if Ben attended the Lady Split Smith Black Mombazo concert at Haverford that I did you go that night when they were oh, yeah. here? Yeah. So do you remember their big song? Yes. Which all about how much they love Paul Simon, the song Wings to Fly. They sang a song where they're like, We were in South Africa and nobody knew us. And we were starving. And then we met Paul Simon. <laughs> and now we have wings to fly. And oh, all God. these white kids cheered mighty Paul Simon because now the black musicians can come sing for us in our old 200-year-old concert hall. It was so nauseating. I actually was like looking around like, is this really happening? <laughs> it was just so bad. It was so bad. I, yeah. I have Jeff I had his like Walkman on to Fugazi at the time. Oh, really I, wa I walked out. Totally. I was like, I cannot be a party to this insanity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of parties, let's just go right to the number one selling album of 1986. So Martha can do a little dancing. Not yeah. dancing, Mark. 
that's not from that's not from this record. It's her best song by a mile. But let's be real. <laughs> oh, play the one that actually was a big hit. This oh, year. yeah. It's it's this one. The album of Whitney Houston. It's the number one album. Whitney Houston by Whitney Houston. Yeah, it was this song, which I once heard 15 times in a row in a pizza parlor because someone flunched it in to the <laughs> 15 straight times. I know this song so by heart just from one lunch. I like this song better. Do you? Oh, I like yeah. the other one better. No way. This song's cheeseball compared to the other one. One, two, three, uh. That bass sound, Jeff. How hilarious is the bass sound? This makes so you laugh so hard. I can't hear it. What's he doing? Oh, I got it. Now, I know you, you both think of her as empty calories, but when this album came out and she emerged on the scene, it was a thing. She was a huge deal right out of the gate. Maybe for you, Timmy. It was not a thing <laughs> for me. Me all. neither, man. Not happening. When <laughs> oh I re-listen to it, though, like, um, so first that bass sound, that whoop, 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 whoop. Like, it's like, so cheesy, The man. best thing about it is they're literally like, you know what's boring is bass. You know what we should do is have a keyboard bass with a little whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, hey now, we got something. <laughs> that being said, the, that guitar part's great. Like, do you hear how pretty the little, like, the little tinkling guitar part is behind yeah. it? Like, that's that Michael Jackson thing. Like, this entire, all in the 80s, the keyboards are horrible and the bass is ruinous and the drum machine is terrible. But the songs that have guitar are good. Like, the guitar <laughs> yeah, part. Can, can you repeat what you just said? Everything Ruinous sucks except my the guitar, just to clarify. Okay. All right. Thank you. <laughs> um, this record has so many unforgivable songs on it. It has Saving All My Love for You, which is oh, just. What? What's wrong with that? And it has Greatest Love of All which is only to be sung in Coming to America by the by whatever that guy, Randy Jackson. And also, because Jeff, I have greatest. to agree with Tim here. Saving all my love. Uh-huh. You're just hurting our feelings. Let's, oh, aren't you saving your love? Aren't you saving all your love? I am. I'm currently, like, no, I'm banking I'm love actively, right now. I am actively giving it away all the time. <laughs> saving Hoarding, I'm hoarding my love for a private moment. I'm saving all my jokes for this podcast. All week long, I like, oop. That, this record. Oh, 86 right. was a tough year. All right. Uh, so Martha playing. She's got a bedtime, so let's get this going. Uh, Martha, <laughs> state your case. Um, well, first of all, I disagree. Jeff, you were saying that, like, uh, Elvis Costello has some great lyrics, but he also has some bad ones, so he can't be the greatest lyricist. And I disagree because I think Taylor Swift is the greatest lyricist, and I think she has some terrible lyrics. And so, well, we agree on we agree on half of both of those statements, so that's totally fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, How many how many albums does Taylor Swift have? She right now she has nine. Nine albums. TS Ten is in the works, and she's re-recording. All, all of her early albums because she was right. taken she, advantage of. Right, right, right. So, so give it to us, man. What are some of your favorite Taylor lyrics? Okay, by so... The way, I'm here for this discussion. All right, so I have... my. I always say that Taylor Swift is a queen of bridges. So I have two bridges that I want to play. Um, the first is All Too Well, starting at 258. 
Um, and this is like early. This is happy. red, um, which actually comes out in November, the re-recording. So oh, I'm really Grant. excited to hear like her is vocals she, now. Is doing she still it. country? And while Jeff's looking, is this is this is this the first great lyric? Do you think? Like, is this like? Do you locate it here? Because I love our song. Our song is one of my five yeah. favorite. Yeah. No, songs. I love our song too. That's one of my favorite songs. So I wouldn't call this the first great lyric, but like, this is a lyric that like everyone still references today in the Taylor Swift fandom. Like, 258 like of All Too Well. Is that correct? Hit yes. It. Here we go. Is that right? No, I don't <laughs> think Lord, so. What is happening here? <laughs> it says it's playing All Too Well by Taylor Swift, but it Jeez. sure is held it. From Red? From Red? Yeah, from Red. Here we go. That's a great lyric. So tell tell me, Jeff and Jeff and Ben, expert uh, songwriters that you are, what is the challenge of the bridge? What is a bridge? In case there's someone listening who doesn't know what we're talking about. Uh, You want me to do it? You got it, Ben. You You do it, it. Jeff. You're fine. So a verse is the uh, the chorus is the thing you hear over and over and over again. Usually has the song title in it, right? Like. Um, like, I want to hold your hand. The chorus is, I want to hold your hand. The verses are the part where you're kind of telling your little story that leads up to the choruses. So, and I want to hold your hand and say, oh, I tell you something. Yeah. I so think why, do, you why do I need a bridge? I don't need a bridge. Because if you go first chorus, first chorus, and you don't do something else, it really starts to feel repetitive. So sometimes you get a guitar solo, or sometimes you get a, a saxophone verse, solo, or sometimes you get a saxophone solo, only if you're really lucky. And sometimes you get a key change, or you get a bridge. And when I touch you, I feel happy inside, which is what happens, and I want to hold your hand. Where you get, it's the same tempo, and sometimes it's a key change, or sometimes it's a drop to the minor from the major, but then it usually sets up verse three or chorus three or an outro okay. or something like that. So bridges aren't in every song. Um, and when they're done, when they're done poorly, they're they're a little bit of a bummer. But Martha's right. Like a song with a great bridge is is uh it's like a cupcake um, with a delicious, surprising center. How's so that? Martha is saying that Hosier's take me to church has a bad bridge. He okay. just sings amen over and over again. This is actually your argument. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I didn't like that song. Amen. <laughs> amen. All right. That's amazing. All right. But Taylor Swift is the queen of bridges. Why? Yeah. What do you mean? Um, because she really like takes the ideas, I think, of the song, but she just adds this like other level of emotion. And this next bridge I want to play for you like her, this is her most recent recent album, Evermore. She's kind of dropped the pop. She's dropped the country. She's dropped all of the like showbiz, and she's just like, I'm a songwriter, and these are my lyrics. Um, and this next bridge is Champagne Problems, starting at oh, two twenty five. I love it. 
Modest touch on the Chevy door November flush and your flannel cure This dorm was once a madhouse I made a joke, well it's made for me How evergreen our group of friends Don't think we'll say that word again And soon they'll have the nerve to Deck the halls that we once walked through One for the money, two for the show I never was ready so I watch you go Sometimes you just don't know the to someone's on their knees and asked you She would have made such a lovely bride What a shame she's fucked in the head, they said But you'll find the real thing instead She'll patch up your tapestry that I shred And hold your hand while dancing Never leave you standing Crestfallen on the landing With champagne problems Your mom's ringing Right such a big difference like the so kid who learned how to write songs by listening to traditional verse chorus verse like once she mastered that she blew through it now she sounds like a hip-hop lyricist using uh traditional song craft like those are all couplets where the rhyme is as important as the as what's being said whereas that early song she's telling a little story right you right. broke me like a promise and i broke up and i'm a piece of paper and i remember this all too well this is just image, 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 all rhyming, all one after another. But it's much less about the the, the narrative of country music. Like, I'm going to tell a little story about a Chevy and a rainstorm and two people. And much more like, here's a whole bunch of images that thrown yeah. together create the illusion of a story. That's yeah. great. It's great that you can do both. So I love this pick. And I I, um, I picked Lord basically as her mm -hmm. contemporary, whose lyrics I I it's harsh to say, but I basically prefer Lord's lyrics. That's no shade at all to Taylor. I just <laughs> love her lyrics. I think she's a spectacular, beautiful, gargantuan songwriter. Um, yeah. I pulled up mine. This line: "You made a rebel of a careless man's careful daughter." Oh, I love that lyric. You are the best thing that's ever been mine. The careless man's careful daughter those four words wow i know lifetime like that's an entire <laughs> yep. novel right there careless man's careful daughter how yeah. is that not how is that not a novel by cormac mccarthy yeah, yeah. great man just amazing so i'm with you i i hear you and i, I dig this selection for sure yeah good stuff I, tim you told me to do more homework that you were ticked yeah. at my so you wanted a couple other lyricists? Yeah, yeah. That... Well, well, last week when we when we mentioned our top lyricists, um, are there go to songs or go to lyrics to kind of get the sense of of why these people are powerful? Oh, I did a totally other thing and came up with a bunch of other what, people you do? who we, <laughs> who we uh, dissed that deserved. Um, I'll let yeah, I'll Ben go back. do that. Let me just do mine since since they back to since you did me. homework. Here's some <laughs> here's some some classic ones. So okay. and actually, I'll, like we've got the perfect person here. We've got an actual audience. Um, for Lord, there's a number of them, but I'm super into Solar Power right now. Me too. Like, cheerful Lord. I'm just yeah. completely digging it. The lyrics huh. in that are unbelievable. Um, I'm kind of like a pretty Jesus. beaches and ripe peaches. <laughs> <laughs> makes me happy every single time um kendrick lamar has got a thousand good ones um but the song i like uh, the lyrics that, in that are just unbelievable so yeah, good. that's his best and the, song and the album track and actually i'm gonna choose that album i think that year but the album track has got him it's a live version of the song i so the first single 
comes out. When the album comes out, he releases the live version of it. And it's got a 45 second f- freestyle at the end that is just so unbelievably powerful. Huh. Okay. Um, Brandy Carlisle, you can't go wrong with anything off of, um, by the way, I forgive you. Like every single song. You like Brandy Carlisle? Amazing. I don't really listen. Oh, she's great. Have um, you, I got to break in. Yeah. We are taping this the night, the day after she performed on SNL. Yeah. Have any I of you guys it. seen no. Broken Horses? Uh-huh. From as she, I watched it live last night. It was the best SNL performance I've seen in 20 years, with the wow. exception of when Jack White went on with that trio. She, well, dude, it, her gonna... version of Broken Horses that she did on SNL last night is an all time top 10 okay. SNL live performance. Writing it she, down, writing it down. She, and she just dismantled the audience. It was so good. <laughs> It well, dude, and so also good. I was thinking about this, and this is no shade, but some shade to our friends at Wilco. When you were like, this is what the E Street Band sounds like, I was like, that's, I don't think that's right. Brandy Carlisle and her band, that is Springsteen and the E Street Band. That is the current version huh. of that band. She shreds so hard live. And the SNL thing, I haven't seen it, but I assume it to be true. She's a freaking magnet. Like the oh. same way Springsteen is. Like this is why Wilco's a little bit different because he and this is to his he credit, spreads it out. Tweet yeah. super yeah. generous. There's whole swaths of time where when I see Wilco, I'm just watching the other guys in the band. Right. That almost never happens at Springsteen. Like I'll sometimes yeah. be like, oh yeah, this is sax solo, and I'll like force myself to watch somebody else. But <laughs> I mean, that's what Brandy Carlisle's like. It's just like you cannot take your freaking eyes off this woman. And I mean, the stories, the charm, the warmth, and just the like the sheer desire. To melt your face is just yep. <laughs> very much. Well, that's what it was. Cause so many people go on SNL and they and they like they know they're only playing two songs, so they shtick it up big time. Young Thug last week, perfect or whatever his name is, young whatever that young guy was, that's it right, was two yeah. weeks ago. Like brought the band and he's trying to play with a live band for the first time. He's got the guy from uh, Blink One Eighty Two on drums. It was pretty good. I enjoyed, but it was a it was it was a one time silly three minute thing like. She got on stage and she put like a lifetime's worth of phenomenal performance into five minutes. Wow. I mean, like, the, here's the thing. You'll, ben will know this. Like, when you watch a band on SNL, it ends. And then there's the awkward moment where they turn the mics off the band and turn the mics on the audience. And you can finally hear audience reaction. But the song itself is just lost in a moment. You could hear the audience screaming for her in the middle of the song when it got quiet. Like, she just... She had that audience in hysterics after eight forty-five seconds. I want to pause the podcast and go watch it. It was so good. Okay, no, but dude, Jeff, I've seen her four times, and that's what it's like. Oh, I know. I've seen her seeing her. I've seen her twice too. She's one of the all-timers. She's just spectacular. See Brandy Carlisle second concert. That's gonna be Martha's (laughs) second concert. It's it's a good one. All right. Um, So I would just like we did not talk about some classic three classic songwriting teams from the fifties and sixties that deserve uh-huh. some love Dan Penn and Spooner Oldham, the guys who wrote do right woman and dark end of the street and about yeah. 50 others. Yeah. Um, Lieber and Stoller who invented the, the, the lyrics of rock and roll along with Chuck Berry. He, they wrote poison Ivy, Charlie Brown, along came Jones, jailhouse rock and Goffin and King who wrote, will you still love me tomorrow? Which might be the most beautiful thing ever written yeah. by anybody. And then I, we're not, we're, we're not going to talk about the kinks again. 
which is ridiculous for a second season. So I'm throwing Ray Davis <laughs> on the pile, if nothing else, for Waterloo Sunset, which is the most romantic song I've ever heard. Wow. So uh, I, those I should have brought those up last time. It didn't, but I did a little homework for this one. So and and look at ben, Ben's angry little crusty and ben, face. He's because- bummed at me. Before we say goodnight to Martha, she doesn't know Public Enemy. Can you drop one Chuck D lyric on us? Oh, Elvis was a hero to most, but he never meant shit to me. Straight up racist. He was simple and plain. Motherfuck him and John Wayne. Because <laughs> you know that I'm here and I'm hyped and I'm amped. None of my heroes appear on no stamps. Which is what comes Woo! next. Wait, okay, right. I'll go look them up. Chuck D, Public Enemy. <laughs> Thank you guys and so much for that, having me. A less cursy one. There's a song that starts, yes, was the start of my last jam. Last jam. I was like, it makes me so happy. I was like, yes, it was the start of your last jam. It was the start of this jam. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's outstanding. All right. Good night, Martha. Right. Thank you. Martha, it's so well good done. to see you, my friend. Well done. you. You go study. <laughs> Golly. Poor kid. Back to your room. I Get thought it was bedtime. Up. Yeah. You go study. <laughs> Can't believe you're like, the de- you're like the mom in the breakfast yeah. club dropping off um, Anthony Michael Hall. Well, you better figure out a way to study. Better find a way to study. <laughs> Enough of that podcast stuff. All right, gentlemen, our three albums. Let's go. Our three albums. I'm going to go ahead and do Raising Hell by Run DMC. And I already basically told the story of Raising Hell Run DMC last season. So I'm going to go ahead and make two further notes. The first thing I'm going to say is that uh, Georgia came and visited for her October break. And then Dahlia came before that for her October break. So I had a lot of time to hang out with my college-age daughters, which was super fun. And one of the things I noted was and when george and i we do yoga together and then we just play her music and then when dolly is there she takes aux in the car and won't let me listen to her music she just djs while we're in the car and so uh, by and large i really really first i i just love it it's super great there's nothing better than having somebody show you new music you don't know um second uh their music will fall into a couple different categories first there's like a third of it is basically songs that i know and like and then a third of it is songs that they like that remind me of older songs. And then a third of them are songs that I don't like. And in particular, like the singing, mumbling, white guy with tattoos all over her face rap, I just have a really hard time with. And I think we discussed this before. Like I've always loved hip hop. Hip hop has been my thing basically since it came out. And so it breaks my heart to have there be a whole swath of hip hop that I just I don't even really like. Dude, I was thinking about this with this Run DMC record. So there's three Run DMC records that are exceptional. The first one, Run DMC, the second one, King of Rock, and then this one. That's And then after that, Tougher Than Leather, it, it goes downhill pretty quickly. Um, my dad is a huge music fan, like a gigantic music fan. And rap happened past when he could understand it, basically. I don't know if he would agree with me on this take, but like... He just never liked rap. He was just like, I don't understand that. Like it's it's a it's a baseline with drums, and then they they talk over it. And I'm like, yeah, it's awesome. And he was like, no, it's not yeah, that, awesome. It. I don't, you nailed like, it. <laughs> he's like, that's not even music, really. And then he was like, wait, isn't that that cheek good time song? And he's like, but they ruined it. They ruined it. It's only the baseline with some mumbling over it. And I was like, you mean they improved it? 
with the mumbling? I could say 8,000 times better than the Sheik song. Anyhow, it made me think with my daughters, like there is a great joy to having your own music. You know what I mean? Like it's a good thing. And in particular for me, like having been there at the ground floor, like, I mean, like having been there at basically the beginning of hip hop, it's had a special place in my heart. Like it's just awesome to have that. Like to have something that breaks when you're a teenager and then you can just ride along with and that your parents hate. Like that's a key element to it for sure. Like having your parents hate it is like just sauce for the goose. Like that makes it even better. Um, and both, both like the cheesy metal of that time and rap was like that for me. Like my dad just never got that at all. Um, so that makes me really, really, really happy to remember that about Run DMC. And also in defense of my dad, like, so the song we heard, um, what was the name of the band? The, the first concert? Uh, Backseat Lovers. Okay. So that sounded great. I'm not anti that at all, but Jeff will agree with me. That sounds like 15 bands from 15 years ago or, or 25 yeah, years ago. 25 like, bands. Like that's a, that's a remix of things that have already happened. But when, anytime I do that with my daughters, they're like, no thanks. Like just, just stop talking. Stop talking. And then I was reflecting on it and I was like, you know, my dad has always wanted me to listen to Phil Oaks. He's like, you know who you would like is Phil yeah. Oaks. And I'm yeah. like, no, I don't, I don't think I would like that. And he's <laughs> like, but you like Steve Earle and, and Sufjan Stevens. Like you like things that sound like Phil Oaks. Maybe you would like Phil Oaks. And I've listened to Phil Oaks and the answer is a hard no. Oh, hard I ain't no. marching anymore. Hard yeah, no Phil on Phil Oaks. <laughs> and then it's also like with the, uh, you know, like, I, I mean, I do like Dylan. But Joan Baez, bless her heart. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah. That's just like a hot poker in my face. And I know my dad, when he hears the Brandy Carlisle stuff, he's like, I don't know. Like, this is fine. But Joan Baez is much preferable. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it just helps me with a generational aspect. All of that being said, the first Run DMC record is, is amazing because it's the first rap album. And, and there's like seven good songs on it. Yeah. The second one is a little bit of a downturn. The third one's amazing because it's they really steer into it. It's the first gargantuan, I mean, gargantuan for the time rap hit. I already played Raising Hell, the song. Jeff, if you will hit me with Peter Piper starting at 108 yes. and we have to yes. go to 210. Yes. So you can hear, God damn, that DJ made my day. Wait till you hear him rock the bells on this one. It just makes me so happy. The production's so amazing. And then it's got uh, Jam Master J scratching. Raising Hell by Run DMC. Those bells are the greatest. King Minus, as I was told, everything that he touched turned to gold. He's the greatest of the great, I get it straight, he's great. Plain fame, cause his name is known as every state. His name is Jay to see him play, will make you say, God damn, that DJ made my day. Like the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. He's a maker, a breaker, and a title taker. Like a little old lady who lives in a shoe. If cuts were kids, he would be you. Not lying, y'all, he's the best I know. And if I lie, my nose will grow. Like a little widow boy named Pinocchio. Know how to start free go tricks up for kids, he plays much kids. He's the big bad wolf and yo the three pigs. He's the big bad wolf in your neighborhood, not bad, meaning bad, but bad, meaning good. Stop, stop right there. there. It is. So the one, two, three, hit it. That's been sampled a thousand times. 
but goddamn that DJ made my day. That's been sampled a thousand times. And then the hit it, like just the best, the best. These guys are just a fountain of that stuff. And it just makes me super happy. You know what I mean? Like the, the rapping there is just completely on the beat. It's so com- straightforward. It's hilarious that they chose to do a rap song about how great GMS or J is and have it be a bunch of fairy tales. Like it's just fantastic. I love it. So Last weekend, uh, it was uh, Sunday morning. Kids were straggling out of bed. It's 1030. And I decided that uh, I I was rapping dad. uh, Oh, boy. And I was rapping left and right. And I was making pancakes for everybody. And I'm like, I got out the batter. It's really thick. And I'm just going to town rapping. And my son looks at me. And he doesn't say stop. He's like, oh, come on. He just says, have you listened to rap in the last 30 years? (laughs) Ouch. Because I realized that everything I was doing was from King of Rock. Uh, Yeah, totally. (laughs) I know that. And even like the the subject matter, like that, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, he's a maker of bricks. I'm like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's so so great. Great, though. It's fine. I, I do like it. Uh, All right. All right, Jeff, do your thing, man. So the nice setup here, Ben is so great. He just sets me up. He doesn't realize that like sometimes what we're looking for is something new and something different and something that pushes the edge. But you do develop an aesthetic when you're young. And uh, sometimes it's okay to fall in love with something that's an iteration of everything you already love. That's Ben and hip hop. That's me with rock and roll. Like when I was 16 years old, I loved American hardcore. I loved the stuff that was really popular, but I also loved a lot of the stuff that I was a little bit too young to experience in their moment. And I liked a lot of stuff from the fifties and sixties. Like I, you know, I, I was going, I was already going backwards and trying to figure out where stuff came from that I loved. And so when a band would a new band would showcase all of those old elements and try to turn them into something fresh while still being evocative of the past. Like I could fall for that, like a total ton of bricks. And that's what happened to me in 1986 when for about a year, I became obsessed with the debut album of the smithereens, which is still my favorite record that we haven't talked about from 1986. What really? You're going to choose a smithereens record? (laughs) I am. I'm going to. Are choose we going the first behind the wall of sleep? Is that where we're going? Yeah, that's where we're going, baby. I can't believe so this, it. I, I name dropped this record. I love this record. <laughs> I love this really? record so much. How will we yeah. discuss this? Oh, I, I love this record so much. It came out in 1986, and they were from New York, but they were on an LA record label called Enigma Records that had like all this, all like all these weird punk bands on it that didn't want to sign with SST. They had the Dead Milkmen. And I bought a compilation uh, called the Enigma Variations of this record label. I put it on and, you know, it's punk and some of it's crappy. And I hit this Smithereen song called um, uh, Beauty and Sadness that had been on their EP. And I was like, what? The-? It was great. It was psychedelic and it was it was whoish and Beatleish, but it was it had a little more energy. And I just so I I ran to the record store and I bought this debut record, especially for you. And not only did I this fall for it hard, but everybody in the band I was playing with, we covered in our show 
six songs from this record. <laughs> we did Strangers When We Meet. We did Blood and Roses, Behind <laughs> the Wall be of Sleep. Really? We did In a Lonely six? Place. It's one of our slow six? down ballads. We did Time and Time Again. We did I Don't Want to Lose You. We learned how to play this whole record, basically. And it wasn't we just, hard because there's four chords on the record. We well, it's true, and but we couldn't get enough of it. It's got like the Rickenbacker jangle, and it's got all these great, like short, perfect guitar solos. The background vocals are great, and Pat Denizio's voice as a young man is so deep and sonorous. He sounds great, and talk about great lyrics. Every one of these songs is just a fantastic little teenage West Side Story love story, and it's including this one which I'm going to play, which is the song Behind the Wall of Sleep. I love like a million songs on this record, but I always pick a weird one. And you guys are like, why do you just play Graceland? So I'm going to play the one that was the big hit. Blood and Roses was the, was the song that made them. It broke out of college radio. Uh, and then behind the wall of sleep was like the big, the big one. Right. Um, this is a great song. It's got this great Jack hammer piano. That's doubling the baseline. If you listen carefully, you'll hear like a grand piano playing these low, like, octave single e notes that like add all this extra background it's perfectly produced and put together like it sounds old but it also sounds new at the same time it has a great guitar break it's and uh i just love it and it has not aged poorly like if you put this smithereens record on in 2021 it sounds great i mean it sounds it doesn't sound dated like those other 80s records it sounds fresh the songs are all still great i feel like a young man again um, and they made a series of records that are all very good, like where three or four songs are very good. But none of their later records, even though they were probably more popular, had the same just overall oomph. And shockingly, this record is not on Spotify. It is lost in record contract hell. And you cannot hear this record unless you go to YouTube or unless you own it. That's so, insane. And in some ways, that makes huh. it even more special for me. But here is wow. Behind the Wall of Sleep. She had hair like Jeannie Shrimpton. She played the bass guitar like Bill Wyman, The Smithereens. Especially for you by The Smithereens. Love that line. It's also hilarious because Bill Wyman stood very awkwardly and strangely on stage. Like he was <laughs> not the bass player you want to emulate. He looks like the guy from Toto, like all playing straight with that. I just think it's such a great reference. So. so did you did you think they were going for like I remember this album just being everywhere and everybody thought they were cool and was listening to it? Their their journey though took a different route from uh other bands. <laughs> What happened? 
I, I, I don't know. Like they weren't, they were big in like underground college radio circles. But then, I mean, the first top 40 hit was A Girl Like You two albums later. No, no, no. this then, album got played. No. I mean, I, I, I lived in New York, but this album got worn out. Blood and Roses. I mean, yeah, this was in regular rotation. On but New it didn't York chart. Radio. I mean, nothing charted. It didn't. I don't think it cracked the top 200 in sales. That's like true? it was a great it was a great word of mouth. Like people who love music listen to it. But it, it, they did not they did not break into the zeitgeist ever. So here's know? what I'll say. And actually, like when we when I mentioned this record in conjunction with Pearl Jam when I said that I was looking for a band that was going to be my band, like not the Rolling mm. Stones or Led Zeppelin, but a band that was like a contemporary band. And I really gave these guys a try. And believe me, they sold them to me hard on New York rock radio. And I bought all these records, but uh, basically Pearl Jam is a remix of music that I like better than this is a remix of who this is like, who do you consider this to be a ripoff of Jeff? Do you think this is a ripoff of the who? Early Who's tracks, like really early, like my generation, The Seeker, Kids it's Are All so Right. Much less good than that, though. It's like the guitar <laughs> part good. is so simple. Like it's yeah. really, really, really basic. And that. Well, I think and, they were trying to do American Garage Rock also. So they were trying to do yeah. like Dirty Water by the Standells and like all that nugget stuff. They were trying to do like British verse, chorus, verse with American Garage grit. And they get it's. I think on this first record, it's super compelling, and then it fades. It, their, their next four or five records are not as good. They did get. Like they the, did get up to number uh, fifty-one. You're right. I, I'm I looking at that too. Board. I was wrong that's about still, that. That's it, not a top forty hit. This wasn't. That yeah, wasn't as right. big as a hit as I would have remembered. Uh, I guess basically because I was from New York. I think they were really trying to sell new music. Like I think WNEW and WPLJ were really trying hard to like break new rock acts because they just got tired of playing the Zeppelin over and over again. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This one just, just, it wouldn't stay with me. There's not enough. It's like, it just doesn't like the, like the guitar part is just so simple and baseline. Um, and even in comparison to Townsend, who I love, like it just doesn't compare to those songs. Like it's not as clever or as interesting and it's whatever, 20 years later. Is that too tough? You think I'd be a too mean? <laughs> I think it'd be a little too feelings? tough, man. I mean, it hurt my feelings, but like the songs are better than you're giving them credit for. Like I can sing, I could sing every song on this record to you like right away. Like they're good, they're wow. good harmonies. And they're, they're like, and there's these great little changes. Like at the end of Strangers When We Meet where there's four little drum breaks and each one is slightly different than the other. And they like, they're all good enough to be like, you can air drum and remember them as parts like, it's pretty By good the way, you're giving me drum breaks and strangers when we meet. Yeah. I, you're, getting, you're bringing the extra deep cut. But that's I, I wish I could argue with you. I have no recollection of that song. But that's whatsoever. the difference between a sh like a shitty knockoff and a good knockoff. Like it's a knockoff. I started by saying like, no, no, dude, I'm not, I'm not shading you. It's just like this was this is like a band that's on my list of bands that just never happened for me. Like I, I yeah, gave them every try to make it. And they just didn't I, do it I think me. it was your rebellion against uh, New York media. And what oh, very nice. Like, that could need, be it. See, I didn't faith. I didn't consume them that way at all. I thought they were an underground rock act. Yeah. Like, I and, like, yeah. and they weren't shoved down my throat at all. They were not played at all on on Mid-Atlantic Radio. Right. Like, we thought we'd found something that was only ours. And then that Behind the Wall of Sleep song had a mild breakout. And then they disappeared yeah. again. But I was so disappointed with the second record. I bought Green Thoughts. The day it came out, and that was the one for me, Ben, where I was like trying so hard to like, uh, and I was like, "This record's boring." What's the best and song on Green Thoughts? I don't even I don't even know. 
Actually. And then what's the third record? What's the song? You That's the one called 11 with the girl like you on it. Oh, girl like you. Yeah. Only guy, a guy. memory and house. We house. We used to live in are the songs off green thoughts. Oh, and then 11. Had, I remember for sure. Yeah. And then 11 had um, a girl like you and blues before and after. And yeah, it just, yeah, it just doesn't. It, but. I like your style, Jeff. Good job. Good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> up, in, up in Boston in 1986, it was just, uh, just you two. Um, that was all. That's all we played up in Boston. Hey, I can uh, choose Bon Jovi slippery when wet. I'm oh, really no. sad that you're not choosing Bon Jovi Slippery When Wet. But I That's did man of the people. I did want to note that uh, Slippery When Wet is the best um, selling album all time that was released in this year, 1986. And rightfully so. And yes. rightfully so. I yes. almost chose it. If you hadn't given me Scarecrow oh. last year, we'd be yeah. listening to some um, you I'm can't. a cowboy <laughs> you on can't. a steel horse I ride. By the right way, <laughs> that record. <laughs> i'm mind. not even kidding i would have chosen that i would have chosen the live one from the mtv uh, show where oh god you're so killing good. me so good fucking uh, kills me i had that on my running a- mix that's how much i love that mtv live version of it unbelievable like, greatest oh bon yeah jovi is the fork in my eye i <laughs> you don't even like fans. that song no I, oh, no, I do Timmy, not. you're with me, right? No, I am definitely not. I remember. You're uh, not a cowboy. I am not. No, <laughs> you're not riding a, a steel horse. I remember having. I might, a... I might be the only actual legitimate male on this podcast. You I, might I'm be. I'm bringing some real manly energy, and I don't you think you guys can might handle be. it. That's the problem. You might be indeed. I, I Ben, I was having a, <laughs> an argument with a parent about ten or fifteen years ago here at school, and about her daughter and her daughter's place on the volleyball team and everything. And, and we were discussing things. And later on, you know, I, I realized she was from New Jersey. I'm like, Oh, you like uh, Bruce Springsteen. She's like, well, he's not as good as Bon Jovi. I was like, Oh my God, this explains so much. We just have explained every argument we've ever had. Lovely. That's amazing. Uh, um, all right. So, I've got uh, I've got my pick, and um, I really, really wanted it to be David and David. Welcome to the Boomtown, because I remember that particular album having an effect on me, and, and kind of bringing me to a. But it's not even an album; it's an EP. Yeah, it's like four songs or something like that, right? Well, that's not. The By the way, I secretly love that "Welcome to the Boomtown" song. Ben's I gonna make Ben's gonna make a ton of fun of you. Which one is that? That's the. You don't remember "Welcome to the Boomtown"? He's got a table. Oh, go, in the oh good lord! That's yeah. that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> love that song. The rest of the album just does not hold up, and so I'm, I'm shocked. I'm shocked <laughs> to hear that. Really, it doesn't match that standard to me. So even though we've already picked this band uh, in another year, like I got to I got to pick this. Band. How can I not pick this band? And I think I think India Kincannon's going to be pleased with this show. I think she's going to like every. Does she like the smithereens, man? No, she doesn't even what? like run DMC. So I hope you can help her out. She doesn't like the smithereens. No, apparently nobody likes the smithereens, Tim. <laughs> All right. Well, I am going to go with Life's Rich Pageant, and I know we've done REM uh, already, but Joe Simons, the the initial sounds that come out of the song Superman just took me back immediately to the 1980s. Hit it. Life's Rich Pageant by REM. (laughs) 
when you're not yet a fully formed human being and instead you're a 16 year old male you're filled with anxieties and self-doubt and and you have crushes and you don't know how those people feel about you and then you see them with freaking i won't say names so and so i'm not gonna say names because we're up to like 40,000 listens and it'll get around and i don't want that to get around but it's like you you can't be with him because i think you're special how in the world are you with that idiot when he is not special? Timmy, is this your favorite song on this record? That can't be no. true. Probably Fall On Me is. Th- this record is fantastic. It's such a great yeah. record. I love this record. But this is not my, I mean, like, this isn't even one of my five favorite songs. Go ahead. Give me your five. Begin to Begin, Fall On Me, Hyena, These Days, Cuyahoga. These those days. are just, each one of those five songs. I mean, like, so whoa. great. So great. These days is so great. These days is is just a perfect rock song. Wait, play so these good. days. Play the first fifteen seconds. Here's something. Play these days. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta turn off Superman. Here we go. Finding themselves on this album. I mean, you know what's great is this is the difference between the Smithereens and great music. Like, I didn't pick REM because I already picked REM, but like, this is what the Smithereens would sound like if they were pushing that envelope outward. They settled for, I I think, expert imitation. But this is this takes all of the things they loved and pushes it forward. Is this REM's third album or fourth? Fourth, fourth album. Yeah. And their best, I think. Yeah, I if I really had for sure, I had to pick one. I love this one. So great. Oh well, we done well. It's now ten o'clock. <laughs> it's time for us to go to bed. I hope our listeners know, by the way, that that um, all three members of the of the uh, triumvirate here had tough weeks. I mean, and like t- a really tough I mean, couple of weeks. The fact that we didn't skip an episode or put in the like, perhaps you'd like to use this right. week to catch up is a testament yeah. to how much we love one another and all of you listening. So yeah, we're going to keep the hits coming. I drove, I drove across North Carolina. Do you know how big North Carolina is to go from, from the mountains to the beach. That is a long drive in a mini bus with, uh, with 15 volleyball players, man. No dude. And also the drive back. Oh, drive back where you just replay every point is the worst. <laughs> you know what I should have said to that ref? I should have said, oh, yeah, it's it's the worst. So, but it was a great, great season. Love these girls. Fun times. Um, hope uh, hope this week for the two of you is going to be easy peasy. Oh, yeah. That's almost surely the case. You've already canceled, we've already canceled school tomorrow because of inclement weather. Wait, but Timmy, keep this part. Oh, go ahead, Jeff. Go. That's fine. Keep this part. I was in a, in a faculty meeting a couple of years ago. We were trying to decide on a school calendar, and one had 
14 weeks of vacation and one had 12 weeks of vacation. And a real argument was breaking out about which calendar was better and which one could have more <laughs> learning. And I let it go and I finally raised my hand. I'm like, I'm not in the math department, but isn't 14 greater than 12? <laughs> and we're getting paid the same. And everybody looked at me like I was like a horrible human being. I was like, <laughs> I work hard, but good Lord, people. <laughs> oh, dude, you should have been a law professor. I started at Arizona State. I taught there for two years. I came in with a brand new dean. And actually, she was my professor in Michigan. That's how I got the gig. And she hired me. She was great. She's a mentor of the best. Anyhow, I go to the first faculty meeting and she's like, I have some uh, news for you. Uh, one of the things I did is I went ahead and reviewed our schedule. And I noticed that we're teaching two more weeks in the year than are required by the ABA. So I just cut them. <laughs> cut them. She's like, adjust your syllabi accordingly. We're not teaching more than we're required to. And there was like light applause. There was like, woohoo, all right. They we're off to a good start. <laughs> but Timmy, on an unrelated topic, man, such yeah. a pleasure to have Martha. Amazing. Oh, what a great like, yeah. Super, like, just the best. So, uh, super she, smart, well spoken, the greatest. She could talk T Swizzle all day long. We, we should get our daughters together because they could just have a ball. Yeah. I will report to, to Georgia the paper rings thing. That's going to make her really happy. All right. Super. Super. All right, fellas. Good stuff. I was... know, when, shall we three, when shall we three meet again? Like, what's, should yeah, we go we... for Wednesday night? Sorry, Wednesday? Let's do it. Good. 1987, this coming Wednesday. Let's do it. Awesome. I'm in. Thank All you, right. guys. Okay. Hey, if you're having as much fun as we are, leave us a review on iTunes, give us a rating on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to podcasts, give us a shout. And then check us out on Twitter or at our Facebook page, 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Are you passionate about saving the planet for future generations? Do you want to learn how to do it? If yes, then you need to tune in to the Nature Back podcast. It's a talk show covering the changing world around us. From renewable energy, sustainable agriculture, circular economy, to ESG and social innovation. Don't miss this opportunity to discover how you can join the movement and make a difference. Subscribe to the Nature Back podcast today on your favorite platform and get ready to be amazed. Introducing the Deep Leadership Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep Leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric acid. Electric acid.